sermon text for tonight is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 5. This is what the prophet says to us. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Sometimes, truth is spoken in the most unexpected way. You know what they say, even a broken clock is right twice a day. An analog clock, that is. A while back, I came across a tweet that is a classic example of this truth. Comedian. Cameron Bradford tweeted back in 2021, we should pin all the debt in the world to one guy and then kill him. Well, it's a pretty good idea, isn't it? Not much later, his tweet received a response from Nathan White, a Presbyterian pastor who said, I am a pastor and Paul, have I got some good news for you? And friends, this is why we are here tonight. Because Good Friday is about good news. You may be wondering why we call a day like today Good Friday. Why is it good? Our Lord died on this day. What is good about Good Friday? What does the good in Good Friday stand for. Good Friday is good because on Good Friday, a great exchange took place, an undeserving exchange, an exchange that gives us all hope in a day, in a day and age that hope is fleeting and elusive. Our text for today is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Some call the prophet Isaiah the fifth gospel. Isaiah lived about 700 years before Jesus. In a sense, this is why he is called a prophet, because he spoke with such precision on the suffering of our Lord. Look at some of the words that we get in this single verse that we're considering today. It was pierced. It was crushed with his wounds. But there's more to Isaiah's prophecy than the prediction of Jesus' physical death. And this is what I want you to see today. At the heart of Jesus' death, there is a spiritual exchange that makes Good Friday good. This exchange is what theologians call the penal substitutionary atonement of Christ. Now, I, I know these sound like big words because they are, but their meaning is very simple. Jesus died on the cross presenting a sacrifice for the punishment that we deserve, and, and don't miss this, and through this sacrifice, 
God the Father was appeased. This is what it means. Jesus died in our place. Jesus died in our stead. Jesus' death gives us peace with God. This is our theology of the cross. But this whole theology of the cross hinges on one simple three-letter word. And were this word not there, Good Friday would not be good. The word is for. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Jesus didn't die on the cross simply demonstrating an example of bravery, determination, or sacrifice. No, Jesus died on the cross because we deserve to die on that cross. What is good about Good Friday? Good Friday is good because Jesus died for me. Now, what we see in these two statements that we just read are the two aspects of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. He was pierced. Yes, we know that. Three nails, one through each of his hands and one through both of his feet. The crown of thorns pierced through his wounded head that we just sang about. The spear pierced through his side. Jesus' death was a physical, actual suffering. Jesus is not just spirit, but he is spirit incarnate. He experienced in the flesh the very real suffering of the most agonizing death. David, king, but also a prophet, spoke in Psalm 22 saying, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me, they have pierced my hands and feet. The cross was a place devised to slowly destroy a person physically. And this is encouraging because we have a God who understands every frailty we experience. A crucified Savior may sound to the world as a weak Savior, but to us, to us, who may be foolish to the world, but have the wisdom of Christ. He is to us a Savior who is near, who understands pain and suffering, a Savior who can actually walk with us through death, a Savior who is near to our suffering. But what about being crushed? In what way was Jesus crushed for our iniquities. Certainly, we see the piercing in the Bible, but where do we see the crushing of Christ? Well, the crushing of Christ reveals the other aspect of Jesus' sacrifice for us, not just that he died physically for us, and in dying physically identified with our deepest pain and suffering. 
For he also died suffering spiritually for us. Now, I want to say this. Death is not, th- death does not mean one ceases to exist. God always is. Jesus never ceased to, ex- to exist. But his death was a spiritual suffering. Australian theologian Leon Morris once said, crucifixion was a cruel and degrading form of punishment, and it was meant to break the spirit of the condemned. The prophet Isaiah uses the same word, crushed, back in chapter 19, but there he refers to the judgment of God on Egypt. The pillars of the land of Egypt would be crushed by the judgment of God. But here, God promises to crush the Son. But why? Why would the Father crush the Son under his own judgment? Why should the righteous die under a crushing punishment? Friend, remember the three-letter word that made the theology of the cross relatable to us. For The Father condemned the Son for our iniquity, for our sins. A great exchange is taking place on the cross where Jesus takes on himself the condemnation that we are due. John 15, 3, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Matthew 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 1 John 3, 16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Without the word for, the judgment of the Son makes no sense. But with the word for, the judgment of the Son makes perfect sense. This is the great exchange. You ask what is good about Good Friday? This is what is good about Good Friday. This is the pinning of the debt of the world on one man. Except that. That one man was the only one without death. The crushing of Christ is the result of the wrath of the Father poured out. A wrath that we read about in the book of Romans, Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Friend, that includes you and that includes me. We are the ungodly. We are the unrighteous. Christ is not. God, the God who created us to love and honor him, received from us selfishness, pride, faithlessness. We choose these over God. God's wrath flows out of his justice and holiness, God is not temperamental or capricious. He is just. So he he grants to men what they are due. 
And in our rebellion, in our guilt, we well deserve the wrath of God. And yet on that day, on the rugged cross, on the mount known as Calvary, the wrath of the Father rested on the innocent. The wrath of the Father rested on the spotless, on the Son of God. As Jesus hangs on the cross, he takes upon himself the punishment for sins. What is good about Good Friday? Here is what is good about Good Friday. If you believe in Jesus, the wrath of the Father that you have earned, that you deserve, that was supposed to be on you, has been completely absorbed by the Son. If you believe in Jesus, you're no longer under the wrath of God. Christ has appeased the wrath of the Father that stood against you. So, friend, if you believe in Jesus, you are free. Pastor Lucas, are you saying that because of the cross of Christ, if I have faith in Christ, that would rid me of guilt, of sin? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Pastor Lucas, are you saying that if I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, all my sins are forgiven? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Pastor Lucas, are you saying that if I believe in Jesus, if I believe in his sacrifice on my behalf, I don't have to justify myself before God? I don't have to make up for my wrongs? I don't have to outweigh my evil with my good? Friends, I'm saying more than that. I'm actually saying you could never do that. You couldn't even do that partially. You could never outdo the evil that you have done with good works. One sin against a God who is eternal is the sin of eternal consequences. And the Bible says that we all have sinned, so we all deserve the eternal consequence. Now listen to this. What is good about Good Friday? Is that only one who is eternally good could present an adequate sacrifice for sin. What is good about Good Friday is that Jesus presented that sacrifice and he presented it for you and for me. Only Jesus can replace your evil with his good. And once he does that, there is nothing left for you to do towards your salvation. Jesus Christ, it is finished, and he means that. It is done. The work is done. Now it's time for all to come to me and find rest. Now, the message of the cross is beautiful. We love the cross upon which Jesus died. But Jesus didn't stay on the cross. Jesus didn't stay buried. The message of the cross is never complete. 
without the message of the empty grave. We will certainly think more about the resurrection this coming Sunday morning, but we must think about Christ's triumph today. We need that hope today. Friends, Christ's death on the cross for my sin may feel, seem like defeat, but his death on the cross was anything but defeat. Christ was victorious over the grave. He did not stay dead. He rose from the dead with power, and from the empty grave, a voice cries out, a voice of victory over our great enemy, death, sin, and Satan. Christ sits on his throne today victorious, and he will soon return to establish his kingdom throughout all the earth. Christ was crushed for our iniquities, but the great promise of redemption that runs throughout the Bible from beginning to end is that the one who was crushed will ultimately crush the ancient serpent. Paul says in Romans 16, verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Our great enemies, sin and death, the enemy within and the, de- the enemy without, both defeated by the death of Christ, both defeated by the risen Son, the risen Lord. So friends, Good Friday is an offering. Good Friday is an offering of peace. We can have peace with God. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Peace within, peace without, peace in the midst of our enemies, and yes, peace with eternal righteous God. Good Friday is an offering. Good Friday is an offering of healing. And with his wounds, we are healed. Friends, we have a table set in front of us, and this table is a reminder of the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. His body crushed for us, and his blood spilled for us. I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward at this moment as we prepare to observe the Lord's table. This table is a reminder of the sacrifice of Christ for us. This table is the table that outlines the church. We, we declare with this table who the church is. The Lord has given us this blessing and this responsibility. So therefore, this is a meal that we're going to take together as a family. And this is a family that we are part of, made up of, baptized believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ today, we're, we're going to ask that you let this element pass from you because the Bible actually says that with taking this element without faith will amount to condemnation to you. So we don't want
for that to be the case. If you let the elements pass in front of you, we'll have great respect for you for doing that. Brothers and sisters, we take these elements with, with solemnity in our hearts, but we also take these elements with joy in our hearts because we are reminded that Jesus' body was crushed for us. So therefore, there is no more wrath for us to bear. We, we take these elements reminded, being reminded that the blood of Christ was, was, was shed for us. Therefore, we are washed clean, clean of our sins. So there is great joy in this. But this table is also a reminder that we must take this table in, in, in an take these elements in an appropriate way. We must take these elements letting go of our sins, repenting from our sins. Jesus died, yes, to save us, but not to save us so that we can live for ourselves, but so that we can live for him. And life for Christ in this season of redemption history is a life of constant faith and repentance. If you're holding on to sin, as the elements go by, this would be a great time for you to confess your sins to the Lord and let go of them. Let Christ carry your sins for you. This is also a, this is a family meal. It's a great reminder that, friends, we seek to live in this church as a family. This meal brings us together. So as we take these elements, here's a great prayer. Here's a great prayer for our church. Lord, strengthen the bonds of love that unite us. Do, do you realize that this table points us forward to the great marriage supper of the Lamb? And so what we're doing today will be consummated in heaven when all our sins will be taken away. So we find great joy in this, and we look to this table as, an, as a tool. We look to this table as an opportunity for us to say to the Lord, may our love grow for one another. So I'm going to ask the deacons to please stand at this moment as we prepare to pass out the elements.
Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take and drink. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed to be a part of this table. Lord, this table of remembrance. Lord, may we not forget the gospel. May we not forget that our hope rests in the righteousness and sacrifice of Christ. Lord, may we celebrate this table until Christ returns. Or may we one day, with all the saints, celebrate this with our Lord when all are redeemed and with him for all eternity. We pray in the name of